Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sunday night at the Granary. Really excited to be here with you all. My name is Jake. I'm the youth pastor here. Normally, this is the time when youth would go out and hang with me, but instead, you're going to stay here and hang with me, which is great. I'm pretty stoked about what we're going to talk about tonight, um, Jesus healing on the Sabbath, because it's one of those things that Jesus did that really made everyone who was a stickler for the rules, they just struggled with when Jesus did this. They really had a hard time with it, and growing up, I was really horrible at following the rules, so I felt like I could relate to Jesus in these stories. So we are going to read Luke chapter 13, 10 through 17. This is Jesus. He was teaching in one of the meeting places on the Sabbath. There was a woman present so twisted and bent over with arthritis that she couldn't even look up. She had been afflicted with this for 18 years. When Jesus saw her, he called her over, woman, you are free. He laid hands on her and suddenly she was standing straight and tall, giving glory to God. The meeting place president, furious because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the congregation, six days have been defined as work days. Come on one of the six if you want to be healed, but not on the seventh. The seventh is the Sabbath. Jesus shot back, you frauds, each Sabbath, every one of you regularly unties your cow or donkey from its stall, leads it out for water, and thinks nothing of it. So why isn't it all right for me to untie this daughter of Abraham and lead her from the stall where Satan has had her tied for these 18 years? When he put it that way, his critics were left looking quite silly and red-faced. The congregation was delighted and cheered him on. Now, I don't know about you, but it's been a long time since I've went and got my cow or donkey and led them to water on a Sunday. In fact, I can't ever remember doing that, but I cook food on Sunday, on Sabbath, the day that's meant to be the day of rest, and I sometimes fold laundry. I, well, Clara will attest that I haven't been doing my job with the folding lately, but sometimes I do fold laundry, sometimes I wash dishes. There are a lot of things that I do on Sunday that don't strictly follow what the rules of Sabbath might have been. In this society, in this time, Sabbath was a big deal. It's where it was, yeah, it's where it was invented in Hebrew culture, and on the Sabbath, you could not do really anything. You could sit still, you could go to the meeting place and listen to people talk about God and talk about the Torah or the laws of God. But other than that, you weren't allowed to cook. You weren't allowed to start a fire. Other than walking to the meeting place, you weren't allowed to walk more than 15 meters. It was ridiculous. Like, there were really strict rules. So, Jesus healing someone on the Sabbath, big deal. Not because it was a bad thing, because it wasn't in the list of things that you were allowed to do. And for people in that time who were so constricted by the rules, the laws, and the religion of that time, this was a big deal. These were people who really needed to sing, shake, shake up the walls of, shake up the something of my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion. That's exactly what Jesus was doing in this time. 
So what I want to do tonight is I want to explore the three characters of this story. I want to talk about the meeting president, maybe what his perspective of this event was like. And I want to talk about the arthritic woman and maybe her experiences, the things that she was going through in this moment that we can take from the story. And lastly, I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about what he did and his perspective of this story. So the meeting president. What do we learn from the meeting president? I'll read his lines again. The meeting president, furious because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the congregation, six days have been defined as work days. Come on one of the six if you want to be healed, but not on the seventh, the Sabbath. So we can see here that this guy was more concerned if they were doing things right than if they were doing the right things. Does that make sense? So if we follow the structure, if we follow the rules properly, then I'm okay. Who feels like that sometimes in life? Look, if everybody just does what they're supposed to do all the time, everything's going to be fine. I definitely feel that sometimes. Sometimes I say that to myself, Jake, if you would just do what you're supposed to do, this wouldn't be a problem. And I put myself in that situation, you know, haven't done the laundry, if I would just do what I'm supposed to do. Anyway, so this is the reality that this man is living in. He's living in a way that, that his, he's bound by this idea that if I, do, if I do things the right way, if I'm on time to everything, and if I do everything in the perfect fashion, then I will be pleasing God. But what he wasn't understanding, that doing things the right way, if you're not doing the right things, is actually not going to take you to the promised land. It's not going to take you to the kingdom of God. Because there was a woman in that meeting who hadn't rested for 18 years. She hadn't experienced Sabbath in a very, very long time, and he didn't see that. The second thing about him was that he was slow to see the needs or the heart of the woman or even the heart of Jesus. Now, there's this woman in the crowd. Jesus looks over, and she's bent over with arthritis. Her body is racked with these horrible pains, and this man, he can't see it. He's blinded, actually, by a way of life that he thinks is good and that if done with the right heart is good if done with an awareness of the people around you and the impact of your actions, if done that way, yes, living a Sabbath life, so good, following the rules and the laws that God gave, so good, but he'd missed it. He'd forgotten to see her heart. He'd forgotten to see her needs. He'd forgotten to see that reality. And he'd also totally misjudged the heart of God. I think often when things are not going well in our lives, I know for me, I can be really quick to misjudge the heart of God. I can be really quick to assume that he's ignoring me. That's kind of like the first thing, the first misjudgment I kind of have about God when things are hard is he's not looking at me. He's not, he doesn't actually care in that moment. And sometimes if I let that spiral, it can turn into, oh, he hates me. He doesn't even, like, he's never looked at me. Like, oh, man, you don't love me at all. But that's what can happen in our lives and in our hearts when we forget to look at Jesus' heart and to assume that his heart is good. The third thing about this man is I think he was afraid of what people might think of him if the service didn't go the way the rules said it had to go. He was a man in leadership, and sometimes in our lives, in leadership situations, or just with our friends, when we have strong influence in our circle of friends, there can be a pressure to perform. There can be a pressure to do things in the way that they're supposed to be done so that everyone's happy. And he was so caught up, so caught up in that. 
And none of these things am I saying to say that he was a horrible person. I reckon his, his level of holiness when it came to actually doing the right thing is far above mine and probably far above anyone in this room because these guys were so good at following the rules. He was so on top of, I've, I've ticked the list. I've done it all, and I've done it right. But he'd missed the point. The second person I want to talk about is the arthritic woman. She'd been in chronic pain for 18 years. It had been that long since she truly rested. Has anyone had an extended injury or pain in their life for a long time? Anyone? One of, one of the things that I experienced a while ago, and now this is nothing compared to 18 years of arthritis, but it did freak me out. Before I moved to Australia, three weeks before I came here, I started to have hiccups. Now, don't laugh. I started to get hiccups. Now, that's not a big deal, right? Hiccups, you know, you drink water from the far side of the glass and they go away, right? That's, that's, that's how that works. Okay, hiccups. And I was like, well, okay, you know, tried the deep breath, breathing, completely relaxing. They didn't go away for the first day. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Never had hiccups that long. And then they kept going and kept going. And about day five, I was like, I think there's something wrong with me. I need to go to the doctor. And my mom was like, no, you're not going to the doctor. It's just hiccups, you know. Suck it up. You'll be fine. About week two, I was starting to panic. Literally, the only time that I wasn't hiccuping was when I was asleep. That was it. And it was so hard to fall asleep. Maybe I was hiccuping in my sleep. I don't know. But it was so difficult to fall asleep, to relax, to rest. I was in panic mode. I was like, God, you have to help me. I'm, the whole reason I'm leaving my family and doing all this stuff is to be a missionary, and now I've got a hiccup. What the heck is going on? Three weeks in, I got to a point where I just, I just didn't care anymore. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have hiccups the rest of my life. It's going to be a forever thing. This is the new me. Welcome to the new Jake. I have hiccups. Like, that's where I was at. I was 100% there, okay? And I got on the plane to come to Australia, and on the first plane that I got on, my hiccups left. Now, that is nothing compared to what this woman went through. That caused me a lot of psychological distress. That caused me a lot of worry. That made me feel really weird. But at the same time, it was nothing compared to what this woman was going through. 18 years of chronic pain. I cannot imagine. Yet, where is she on the Sabbath after 18 years of chronic pain? She's wherever she can be closest to God. That's where she's gone. She's gone to the temple. Now, maybe she knew Jesus was there. Maybe she knew that he'd been healing people left, right, and center, and maybe her hope was that she would be healed. But regardless of why she was there, after 18 years of pain to the point where she couldn't even look up, she had made her journey to the temple, and she'd sat there in the corner in silence. And then Jesus called out to her. And we read in the story that she actually got up and walked over to Jesus. He said, come to me. And I can imagine that would have been one of the strangest experiences of her life because there's no way she doesn't know who Jesus is. At the very least, maybe she showed up and she was surprised he was there. But there's no way she's like, this guy has fed 5,000 people with you know, 12 fishes and a couple loaves of bread. This guy has, done, I think it's the other way around, but anyway, he's done all these crazy things. 
maybe, maybe this is the moment. So she gets up, and in crippling pain, she walks. And I have no idea how many people are here at the meeting place. I don't know how, how large the venue was. I don't know what that was like. But there were definitely people watching. It wasn't just her and Jesus and the meeting president. There were more people than that. And she's walking with pain slowly to the front. And Jesus lays his hands on her and he says, Woman, you are free. The pain goes away. She stands up straight for the first time in 18 years. And what's her response? Praising God. She's glorifying God instantly. I, think I, wouldn't, I don't think I would have had the wherewithal to do that. After three weeks of hiccups, when the hiccups went away, I just fell asleep. I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, but I'm gone. But she praised God. Maybe she could have broke down in tears and been overwhelmed by emotion, but her emotion reaction was gratitude for what God had done. I think she's a pretty phenomenal woman. The last person that I want to talk about is Jesus. What do we learn from Jesus, and how did he respond in this situation? The first thing that I notice about Jesus is that he was quick to notice the hurt and pain of other people in his presence. It's a large crowd of people. When Jesus would speak, sometimes thousands and thousands of people would come and gather around him. And that's why he ended up having to feed five, six, seven thousand people at a time, because they would just gather and they would follow him everywhere he went. Who knows how many people were there, but he saw pain. He recognized it. He was quick to see a broken person, and he was quick to respond to a broken person. I think there's an there's a, there's a implied instruction here for us is to be quick to respond to broken people. When there are broken people in your life who you're going to see them everywhere, be quick to respond. And also, I think as well, be quick to respond to the brokenness in your life. When you've experienced pain, when you've gone through something that's really hurt, don't just let it sit. Go to Jesus, talk to him, and find other people who are going to encourage and walk with you through that process. I think that's something we can learn from Jesus in this story. The second thing is Jesus was intently focused on the attitude of the heart. And as such, he allowed no room for hypocrisy in himself and in others. I want to read this little confrontation that he has with the meeting president. You frauds. Each Sabbath, every one of you regularly unties your coward donkey from its stall, leads it out to the water, and thinks nothing of it. So why isn't it all right for me to untie this daughter of Abraham and lead her from the stall where Satan has had her tied these 18 years? Jesus looked at that situation. He was deeply concerned with the hearts of everyone in the room. And I don't think this moment was just a moment for the arthritic woman. I think it was a moment for the meeting president. I think it was a moment where Jesus spoke to his heart and said, hey, look how far from who you're supposed to be you are right now. You're living out of what you think you're supposed to do and not who you are. You're a priest. You're a leader of men and women. You're supposed to be bringing people closer to me, not farther away. And he instantly calls it out because that's, oh, that's the invitation for us is to be people who, when we see hypocrisy in our lives, when we see moments where we could have loved, or moments when we were a little bit too bound up with the rules, 
or a little bit too bound up with the way we want things to go. Because sometimes it's not so much about the rules. Sometimes it's just about what I want and what I think the outcome should be. And we build our own rules and our own expectations for our lives. And we don't question those. We're quick to question the rules and expectations of others. But slow to question our own rules and our own expectations of our own lives. And this is an invitation that Jesus is giving us and that he was giving the meeting president so that this man could live a life that allowed no room for hypocrisy. The last thing that I love about Jesus in this passage is that resting in his presence brought healing and an invitation to greater rest. Because this woman, 18 years without rest, 18 years probably she'd been coming to the meeting place on the Sabbath day. And she would look around her, and everyone around her, most of the people around her, would be having rest because their bodies weren't racked with pain. They weren't in complete, excruciating, agonizing pain. So she'd look around, and she would see someone who was just sitting peacefully and quietly, and their body wasn't betraying them or trying to ruin their day. And they would be totally at peace. This entire culture was built around the cycle of Sabbath. Everyone else in this culture got to experience Sabbath and had practiced learning how to get to a place of peace, and she had been unable to do that for years. But when she came and when she sat and rested in the presence of God, everything changed. So the challenge for us here is the reality that when we sit and actually rest in the presence of God, which is available to us anytime we ask for it, we are meant to receive healing. And now that might not be a physical healing, but the reality is the closer you walk with Jesus, the more like who you're meant to be you become. And the brokenness of sin and the pain of your life and things that have hurt you in the past, those things start to fall off of your shoulders when you rest in the presence of God. And the thing is, for 18 years, every Sabbath that she'd experienced had been a Sabbath of pain. The Hebrew word for Sabbath is Shabbat, and that means to cease from flowing. So if everyone can close their eyes and picture a massive river, whitewashed, just flowing down a river, crazy, wild torrent of water, and then picture it stopping and everything turns into a pool. That's Shabbat. And that's what Sabbath was for these people. And that's what she experienced. She sat and rested in the presence of God for the first time in 18 years. She was able to cease. That river of pain stopped flowing. And next Sabbath, a week from then, would be her first full Sabbath free from pain. And so what I think is, is incumbent upon us is to look at our lives, to look at our Sabbath, to look at our rest, and to sit and rest in the presence of God, and to build a cycle in our lives of sitting and resting in the presence of God. And every time we do, every new moment, every new Sabbath, every new moment of rest with God means less of that river of pain existing in our lives. The closer you walk with him, the further you get from the brokenness of your life. The closer you are to Jesus, the further you are from the lies that Satan has told you and the things that have happened in your past. 
So what I want to do for the rest of the time we have is bring up a couple of questions. A couple of things for if the band wants to come back up, that would be phenomenal. A couple of things that I just want us to sit and I want us to think about. Because God is obviously here. If you didn't sense him in worship, he was here. He was moving, and it was amazing, and it was wonderful. So here we're going to sit in the presence of God. And there are two questions that I want us to contemplate. Feel free to think about it on your own. Feel free to turn to someone next to you. After I leave the stage, some of our prayer team will come up and be here. Feel free to come and pray with them as well. The question for you is this. How's your heart? Is it rested? Is it at peace? And does it regularly spend time connecting in God's presence? So if it's not, if your heart is not rested, it's not at peace, I just encourage you to take this time just to sit, welcome the presence of God, and just sit in that moment and let him bring healing and wholeness to your heart. The other question is this. We, none of us are perfect. None of us are there. We all need to continually renew Sabbath and rest in our lives. We all need to continually walk with God and pursue him. So what is an area of your life that needs the healing that only rest in the presence of God can bring? And if you can identify an area that you're like, you know what, I just need healing. I need wholeness in this area. I want to encourage you to turn to someone beside you and ask for prayer or pray and ask God in your seat just spend time with him contemplating that. We're going to have a prayer team come up soon. Feel free to come up and talk to them. Jesus, thank you for your goodness. And I thank you so much that your presence changes us. That when we're near to you, God, other things just fade. When we're close to you, we're filled with your spirit, with your presence, with your peace. So tonight we sit in your presence and we say yes to that. We don't refuse, and when you call us to come to you with our brokenness and our pain or our fears or whatever it might be, we don't sit in the back with, with excuses, God, but we make our way to you. And we let you put your hand on us and bring healing and bring life to us so that we can do that and so that we can be that for other people as well. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.